Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are brought to you by TV, Terrorvision, and the Video Dead. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Vegas was fun. Um, uh, hold on a second. Um, it, it was like, I've never been, so the trip was cool. Uh, Meredith had like 16 of her friends go out there. From like Wednesday to Friday for what? one of their fortieth birthday. Dude, um, you've never been to Vegas before. Never been to Vegas. Yeah. Did you have? Well, I mean, you're at a convention, but on a normal time, about two days is about is about your the good the good extent of Vegas, and then you're kind of bored. Yeah, that's what everybody says, and it was cool. You know, Wednesday we went out to the bar. Once we got there, met up with our friends. Thursday we sat by the Lazy River at the MGM, and then we we went to dinner and then hit the casino. And then Friday through Sunday was basically the convention. But uh, um, we we hit up the we were at the Plaza for the convention. That's where we were staying. So that's right next to Fremont Street, mm-hmm. and uh, that shit's fucking crazy, <laughs> like absolutely crazy. I love Fremont Street. Okay. Yeah, it's it was fun. It was cool. It's just crazy. So many drunk people. So many people blatantly on cocaine, like just walking around, <laughs> like rubbing their noses. And I'm just like, do you realize how blatant you are right now? You need that cocaine. No one yeah. there cares. It's not really a problem. Well, I'll tell you, there was about 30 police officers up and down Fremont Street arresting people left and right. Really? Yeah. I've been to Bruce? Vegas in a long time, but my experience was always that just criminals were just part of the atmosphere there. It was just as long as you weren't hurting anybody, <laughs> they just let it go. Yeah. Like, it's some of the nicest conversations I had with people in Vegas, which just criminals on the street that would just stop and try to sell you drugs, and you'd be like, no, thanks. And then they'd be like, oh, how you doing? And you just start chatting with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Were they Were they handing out hooker cards? Actually, I did not get a single hooker card, but uh, but it was funny. I, I sounded like a babe in Toyland. Like literally every girl that walked past us in like a hoochie dress, I was like, do you think that was a hooker? Do you think that was a hooker? <laughs> <laughs> Meredith was cracking up because uh, like literally every girl that was dressed to the nines, I was like, do you think that girl in the short pink skirt's a hooker? <laughs> I give you a clue. You got to look at their shoes. Oh really? Why? What does the shoes dictate? Well, I went to Hawaii, and the and on Waikiki, as soon as the sun goes down, the entire strip is just lined up with hookers. Okay, they all wore these giant clunky see-through, like stiletto heels. 
Oh. Every single one of them. Weird. Yeah. Now, if they would have like goldfish in them or something, then I would have been like really interested. That's pretty cool. <laughs> How you do know, you like feed the, the goldfish, like the pimps in the good old days. How do you feed them? <laughs> yeah. You just gotta like un. You gotta unscrew the the base from the shoe. And you sprinkle the pebbles in there. Not really, because imagine jostling that poor bastard around while you're walking all day. <laughs> I just yeah. I just think it's funnier to think that the fish just come with the shoes and they're in there forever. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they've cracked down on the uh, hooker cards, giving them out. Yeah. Really? Because the first couple times I was there, it was just like left and right. Like... I had like a giant stack of them by the time like the week it was over because you know we were doing the whole oh we gotta we gotta collect them all. <laughs> I, I was oh, doing mom. I was yeah. doing that and then I the first time I was there and I was lining them up at home and trying to find the same girl with different names from different hunter <laughs> <different laughs> <hunger> cards. <laughs> and you found some. You're like they're just reusing the pictures. It was a good time though. The convention wasn't very busy. It was pretty no? slow. No, I they didn't do a very good job of promoting it. Um you know, ahead of time, and there they like you walked into the lobby of the plaza, and there was literally one eight by ten like photocopied piece of paper in like one of those you know metal stands that has like the base, and then like it has the frame for the eight by ten piece of paper, and it was like sitting in the middle of the lobby that just said you know Days of the Dead Horror Convention, and with an arrow pointing into the casino, and that was it. That was it nothing else mm-hmm. um so you know it, it was kind of a bummer but we still sold some shit and met some new people and mm-hmm. saw a lot of friends it was cool it was fun i would imagine some sort of like uh promotion out there is probably super expensive yeah i i, I know that bill the guy who runs days of that i know he rented 12 of those electric billboards so Ooh. it was cycling on those and i saw one of them when we were on the highway from the airport to the plaza one of them flashed to that but you know what is that rotating every minute you're getting five seconds ten seconds maybe you know um so i i don't know what that cost him but whatever i can't imagine that would be cheap probably not Hmm. probably not interesting yeah but it was a fun trip Nonetheless, and now we're going next in two weeks. We leave um, two weeks from today. We leave to go down to Arizona for Mad Monster Con, I think, mm-hmm. or Mad Monster Party, something like that. That's in like Scottsdale, mm-hmm. um, also at a casino. So um, interesting, yeah. But that's going to be cool. Her mom, Meredith's mom, has a house down there in Fountain Hills, and it's literally 10 minutes from the convention from the casino so we're just going to stay there for free and they've got a car down there that we can use so it's it's like all we're really paying for is the airfare and then the table at the convention so man getting all hollywood and stuff not even close to multiple houses to stay at fuck i wish (laughs) i wish they were mine they're not mine (laughs) but uh you know, we did we did real well in Cincinnati at the Horror Hound in March, and we did really well at the Chicago Days of the Dead at the Schaumburg one in November, you know, because we just had Skeletons on Blu-ray had just come out. And so, um, you know, we we did great both of those weekends. And so I was like, well, fuck, if, if we can do this well, 
Adam, who plays Charlie in Skeletons, he's also an artist. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to the conventions and sells his art. And we just figured, why don't we start doing these, you know, in tandem? And that way you're not just selling and promoting your art. You're also promoting the movie. And I have someone to go to these things with who's a little more eager to promote the movies than other people that I've gone to these things with, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see, I see a mosquito in my house and I want to kill her. You fucking bitch. I want to fucking kill her. Gotcha. Oh, man. I think, yeah, I got it. She fucking crashed down like a kamikaze plane. <laughs> uh, well, as everybody can hear by those dulcet tones, Noah's not here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, friend of the show, Tony Wash is here. Heard him before when Noah was unavailable. Yeah. Woohoo! Um, so I would say, like, the last calendar year for you has been crazy. Who, me? Yeah. Do you want to oh, run yeah. down all of your releases you've had in the past year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's been a pretty crazy year, you know, overall. Like, everything for me. I mean, new job, new place, new woman uh three movies came out it's been crazy so hopefully hopefully the good juju keeps going because i feel pretty good you know life's not mm -hmm. terrible um but uh yeah last june um a little over a year ago uh we released the rake um which was uh released through sony um in, on june 5th of last year and uh, it's available on amazon prime it's on most you know cable access uh, on demand sites, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so you know, pretty excited that that finally came out. It, it took three years to get that out, and uh, um, so I'm glad that that's finally out there for people to see. And um, then in September, we had Skeletons in the Closet release, and uh, that's also available on Amazon Prime as well as a ton of other VOD avenues. Um, or you can order, you know, any of these things physically through uh, scotchworthy.com. Um, do, you know, so, do you know if uh, if all that shit's available up in Canada on Prime? I do not know, actually. Um, I'm mm. pretty sure they're not in Europe, but... Uh, Doug can't watch it. I know some of it is on Prime, because I checked last time. I... <laughs> I, I I don't yeah I don't remember what is and what isn't or how it is but um my like my hope at this point is to at least get like I know that well I don't know because they won't tell me um, but um, from from what we had heard through the grapevine um, the rake was getting some international sales representation back in like January and February to go to all the film markets to try and get international sales. And I never found out whether or not it did. I didn't find any of that information out about if it has or what, what's going on. But my hope is that we'll get some nice numbers and some nice exposure overseas, um, you know, from that uh, and, and hopefully get some return. Um, so, you know, we can start, you know, going into the, the black instead of the red, so to speak. It is um, weird that they don't, that like distributors don't seem to clue people in on shit like that. I, I honestly, it's just, I think it's just a matter of prioritizing to them 
what is important and to them we're not important and you know it's it's a harsh lesson to be learned um you know you're just a number at that point you're just one of a hundred independent movies that they're releasing and even you know um you you there are obviously good distributors out there and i'm not saying that my distributors are not good mm. um yeah but it just i find it interesting because uh another podcast i listen to shockwaves mm-hmm. uh rebecca mckendry on there directed yeah. a movie mm-hmm. and then um she didn't hear anything until a week before that someone had told her it was going to be playing on lifetime and you talking about of, all the creatures were stirring no uh, it got a new name. It was a different movie, another movie that she directed. Mm-hmm. And it got renamed Psycho Granny. Oh, yeah. And then got put on, you know, got bought by Lifetime. And she had no idea that uh, any of that was even happening until a week before it premiered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really weird how there's just this, like, it's almost like a blatant disrespect for for the producer. And it's like, I, I never really could understand why exactly that is you know to me i i get if you're busy and you know if if our film is one of a hundred but if you have a company if you are actually a company that is not working out of your mother's basement my assumption would be that you have someone who is in charge of your client relationships just as much as you have someone who's in charge of promotions and marketing you have someone who's in charge of your um, you know, your distribution relationships, you know, the, the people that you're selling these things to. So it's like, I have an issue with the fact that if these companies exist with more than two employees, why is there not someone who's taking, you know, two days a week, once every quarter of the year to send out these, these quarterly statements that just say, here you go, producer, you don't have to feel like we neglect you 150%. Here's here's this one piece of paper that took us all of 20 minutes to, you know, tabulate and, and get to you. So, um, I don't know. It, it, all it's really done is is really caused me to um, redefine my own um, desires in the industry and, mm-hmm. and my own goals so that for future projects, regardless of where they are done, how they're done, what budget level, any of that stuff. I have a better idea of what I want and what I refuse to accept and not accept um, when it comes to not just distribution deals, but also, um, you know, co-production agreements and um, anything, location agreements, casting agreements. Um, There's just so much involved that uh, when you, when you're dealing with the excitement of, of producing a movie, you know, and you're in pre-production and it's actually happening, you oftentimes just just kind of throw all the bullshit to the side and say, well, we'll figure it out later. And um, kind of like the old adage of, uh, you know, people saying on set, we don't have time for it right now. We'll just fix it in post. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing. And, and it just doesn't help because after, after, you know, everybody's in their position locked in and after the money's been spent and the thing has been shot – things are set in stone and you can't just go back and change things, you know, easily. So, um, so it is what it is, but it's cool. Yeah. You know, again, I'm glad that these movies are out. Um, we're getting, you know, I have people that love the rake and I have people that don't like the rake. Um, I, I have a lot of people who love skeletons in the closet. We've received a lot of really positive feedback from that. And, you know, 
I'm at the point where if we don't end up getting this TV show going, um, I, I, there's a part of me that really wants to try and do like a Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign for either a sequel or the series, because I feel like there's, there's a lot of fans out there. Um, and with people like Ellie, you know, church who has a pretty nice following, um, I'd like to think we could probably garner a little bit of interest from fans to get some cash together to shoot a sequel. Um, but you know, it's tough. It's it, it, again, it's that's that's a whole nother ball game. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then in April we released uh, High on the Hog. It finally came out. So, yeah. um, you know, so that's that's out there in the in the world for people to um, devour as well, and either love or, or hate. But uh, uh, what's High on the Hog about? High on the Hog is about uh, Sid Haig plays Big Daddy. Big Daddy is um, the patriarch of a Charles Manson-like family, um, but they're all good. You know, these are women uh, who have been abused or have, you know, are ex-drug addicts or alcoholics or whatever. You don't really get to find out about all their backstories, but um, ultimately he's kind of gathered these women and a guy or two along the way and kind of just taken him in under his wing and said, you know what, you can live on my farm with me. You just have to help around the farm and we can be a happy family together. And they have a really nice dynamic and there's a lot of love and, um, you know, consideration for one another and the family and the, you know, taxes and everything are making times tough. So big daddy decides he's going to grow marijuana on his farm to help as a supplemental income. And these girls drive into the city and basically sell uh, the weed to um, people. And someone unsuspecting to the family is spiking their weed. And the weed is caught when people smoke it. The weed, the devil grass. <laughs> um, when, when people smoke this tainted weed, they're tripping out and going nuts and dying. Um, either by their own means or, um, you know, one person runs in front of a car. Um, so the government starts cracking down on who's selling this tainted weed and tries to find out who it is. And when they find out it's Big Daddy, they try and infiltrate the farm and the family. And so it's it's grindhouse, it's crime, it's drama, it's comedy, it's batshit crazy. Um, you know, the editor, Ben Lewandowski, uh did a phenomenal job of taking, um, you know, a bunch of, of footage and solid acting performances and, you know, just added a lot of really cool finesse to it and craziness to make it just one of the more unique films you'll see um, out there. So it's also got Joe Estevez in it. He plays Agent Dick, who is uh, the asshole um, drug enforcement agent. Uh, or DTA agent, drug trafficking agent, um, as well as Robert Zadar. Um, as I always say, the late, great Robert Zadar. He passed away a few years ago, and we were fortunate enough to get him in the movie as Mayor Dewey before he passed away, and uh, it was a, an absolute joy working with him. Um, so, yeah, so that's been out since April. We were out in L.A. for the premiere of that, and uh, that was a pretty fun little trip. Um, to you know the city of angels for a few days and mm-hmm. and uh yeah so here we are now i just got done with vegas like we were talking about earlier i don't know if you're recording or not like did we start like right off the bat or oh yeah 
Oh boy, so everybody knows all the juicy details. Huh? <laughs> this is what Brian does. He just randomly starts recording and tries to get embarrassing things on tape. Well, it's a good thing I didn't say anything terrible, you know, like, like I just took a big shit. <laughs> oh, too late. Too late. Um, so you got anything coming up you can talk about? Honestly, no. I mean, we're, we're trying to obviously get skeletons in the closet into a TV show. Um, we're currently working with our distribution company from the feature, which is cow lamp films and cow lamp is a, uh, a subsidiary company of quest star entertainment, which is a really large home entertainment distribution company. That's been distributing films since the, you know, Betamax was a thing. Um, but they've done mostly uh, faith-based and travel stuff, a lot of historical uh, footage of different things. Um, so they kind of wanted to rebrand their company, and horror was a genre that they were interested in pursuing. And so Skeletons has kind of become one of their um, flagship projects, um, which is cool. Um, mm -hmm. But it's moving pretty slow. And, uh, you know, we're just keeping the fingers crossed that everything works out and that we can get it going because we really like these guys a lot. They're very nice and they're unlike a lot of traditional distribution um, companies where, you know, they they seem to legitimately um, care about our feelings and, and what we're hoping to get out of everything. Um, what a novel concept. Right. You know, right. It's It's such a simple concept. But, yeah, for some reason, it just doesn't always play out the way you'd like it to. Um, so we're working on that uh, and hopefully that'll get, that'll get revved up and going soon. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm working on writing stuff. I am, um, I'm working with some different writers um, to try and, and get some, uh, some scripts written and trying to do some writing myself, which I have not done in a long time. I know you and I, Brian, were talking a little bit about maybe, trying to finagle a script here and there. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I haven't talked to you in a while, by the way. Obviously, I've been busy with a lot of other bullshit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just, you know, my goal at this point is I want to try and get a production running in 2020. There's no guarantee that it's going to happen. But, um, you know, obviously, we need to get a script that people like first, and then we have to raise the money. But... Uh, I have a very strong goal of um, of trying to do something for for relatively low budget, and um, and I, I'd like to think that we can probably make that happen here in the next uh, the next year year and a half. What the fuck was that? That is my garage door. I actually have to shut oh. it. I'm gonna, hold on, I'm going to mute my. I, it's the creepy old house. <laughs> Say that was a weird sound. All right, I'm going to mute myself and shut my garage door. All right. Tony sucks, doesn't he, Doug? Well, he oh, is. shit, he can still hear us. He has a lot of interesting things to say compared to what I would be saying if you said, like, what are you up to next year? I'd be like, I don't know. It's watching whatever movies you tell me I have to watch every week. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to make a movie. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's more complicated than what I got planned. Yeah. All right, I'm back. Hey, Tony's back. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so if people want to check out your stuff, plug your website again. 
so if you want to check out, um, I mean, obviously you can check any of this stuff out on, on like pretty much any VOD platform. Um, again, the rake and skeletons in the closet are available for free on Amazon prime. Although if you watch them and like them, don't, you know, do us a favor at the very least and give them a good rating. And if you guys, if your listeners are, are more interested in supporting us, jump on scotchworthy.com. It's like a bottle of scotch worthy. Like we are not worthy. You know, it's very, Typical. I, I probably said that in Brian's presence a thousand fucking times. Um, but, you know, jump on the website and just support us. Pick up a Blu-ray, pick up a DVD, pick up a T-shirt. We've got the Skeletons in the Closet soundtrack on vinyl, and it's fucking awesome. It's super 80s and synth and, you know. Um, and and then, uh, you know, you can rent High in the Hog on Amazon as well as most other VOD platforms. Um, I know that the executive producer, Kevin Lockhart, is going to have – um blu-rays uh printed up here i believe by the end of the month i i know that they're screening it in kansas city at um crypticon the second week of july i think like the 14th or 15th somewhere around there that weekend and sid's going to be there they're doing a screening that's hosted by sid and it's his 80th birthday so um that should be a pretty cool event to be a part of um if you're in the area um but uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, World of Death is still going strong. We're doing monthly episodes now, uh, still running through BloodyDisgusting.com's YouTube channel. Um, the monthly episodes are, are getting a nice amount of views, and we've got about, you know, three or four short films per episode. Um, we've got a good couple of episodes coming up these next few months. I'm really excited about them. Um, yeah, so lots yeah. of stuff going on, you know, lots of stuff. Yeah. Somebody been busy. I've been trying to stay busy. I hate it because it's like all I want to do on my days off because I work overnights now and I work four days a week and then I have four days off every week. So it's like on my four days off, all I want to do is fucking nothing. I just want to veg. But then it's like I always find myself filling those four days off with a bunch of shit. And I don't know. It never stops. See, I just veg and that's my problem. (laughs) No, there's, dude, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do with your life, you know? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with relaxing and enjoying your free time. What we need to do is get another fucking Eagle River-type trip together because I miss seeing everybody, and I miss doing that, just sitting for yeah. three days watching nothing but horror films. We can invite Doug, finally. Yeah. Come on come on down from Canada. <laughs> do you hate me now? We'll see. I don't know. I've been reading up on your guys' new uh, requirements for getting into the country, and I don't know if I want to turn over all my social media passwords for a quick what? little bit. Really? Yeah. No, I don't think actually. I don't think for oh. visitors for visas. I love. You know. I love how Canadians work. talk about Trump's America. It's so funny. <laughs> so yeah. funny. We do it every week. Yeah, I'm not surprised because I know how much you love our president. Oh, Ryan. I fucking hate him. And I vent, and then Doug goes, yeah, I got free health care. And me and Noah just go, fuck you, Doug. He's like, why don't you come on up here, eh? The uh, government announced this week they want to start looking into getting us free prescription drugs, too. Sweet. So. <sighs> fuck you guys. Brian, just move out of Peoria. It's the armpit of Illinois anyway. Fucking move up north. I'm not the one you got to convince, and you know this. Miss Amanda? Yeah. <laughs> 
All you got to do, Brian, is give her a little baby, give her a nugget, and she'll be oh, good Jesus to go. Christ. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else. Oh, no. Brian maybe, guy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can talk about this off air. That's fine. I just I don't know if this is... Yeah. <laughs> really a show material but so whatever. so we're gonna we're gonna air out all my dirty laundry on the show without telling me that we're live but you're not gonna sit and talk about your personal life no i, I mean i could talk about it uh amanda doesn't want to move because her mom's getting old i know I, that's so. cool it's all good <laughs> it's all good hey we're we're in palatine because meredith's family lives in palatine and i didn't put up a fight because i'm 15 minutes from work so how do i complain you know um no i'd still find something to complain about <laughs> yeah you would well <laughs> and 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 if there's one person in this world as cynical as me other than my father it's definitely brian wolford sounds about right yeah but that's all right i'm trying to curb my cynicism good luck yeah right it's fucking <laughs> tough so all right so we did watch some movies for this episode maybe oh, talk about them is that what we do on this show? Yeah, sometimes. I watched them this time. Oh, nice. You actually watched both of them? Yeah, I watched both. Well, I mean, I've seen I've seen Terrorvision a billion times, but yeah, I watched them both. Well, since you've seen it a billion times, why don't you tell us what Terrorvision's all about? Terrorvision's see how I, see great. How I did that? Terrorvision's great. So Terrorvision actually was a Charles Band production, which surprised me when I watched it the other night to remind myself about the movie. Um so, you know, it's got all the typical Charles Band associates, meaning half of his family working on it, um, including Richard Band of subspecies and puppet master fame. <laughs> um, but uh, Terrorvision's great. Terrorvision is like the pinnacle of what 80s schlock horror cinema became. And uh, I'm just so excited to... Um, to have been able to have seen that as a kid in the 80s and to, you know, have been able to introduce people. that That's one of the movies that Ben and I watched and he'd never seen before. And um, so basically it's like you've got this family that has, you know, the 80s wealth and the dad and the mom want everything that's super nice and contemporary in their house. And the house is fucking First of all, the house is totally a set on a back lot. Mm -hmm. um, second Everything of all, in the movie is a set. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like even the backyard yeah. is a fucking like 1950s sitcom set backyard, um, yeah. <laughs> which is fine because I think that they did that on purpose because Terrorvision's meant to be a 50s monster movie mm -hmm. um, yeah. just with a little more sex and violence in it. Uh, um, yeah, I was going to say 80s wealth and uh, 70s swinger mindset. Yes. <laughs> Dynamite, you know, it's fucking. <laughs> and, yeah. and so so basically, you know, they've got they have to have all the nicest stuff. Their house is super swanky. And so the dad has just bought this new um, uh, satellite dish, the do it yourself 1000 or something like that. <laughs> And he's setting it up. And while he's setting up the, the satellite dish uh, in another galaxy, a space station with aliens is like it's like they're they're dumping their waste. And part of their waste is this like monster, this like parasite monster that happens to get beamed out into space. And the signal that that this creature is beamed out of the planet 
um, on gets picked up by this dude's satellite and he receives it and it comes down and, and like ends up transmitting like kind of like shocker um, <laughs> shocker um, to this household and comes in and out of the TV and starts eating people. Um, and the monster is very, um, very 1950s, you know, kind of like, it's like if John Carpenter's the thing was like, like a 700, like my 700 pound couch life or whatever the hell that show is. You know? <laughs> that's, that's like what this creature is. And you can tell that John Carl Butchler, who did the effects in it, um, RIP Johnny, um, you can tell that he was doing everything in his power to be Rob Botine from the thing, but he just didn't have the money or the time or as much as I love Butchler, he's just not Rob Botine and just didn't have the talent um, to do it. Um, but it's just such a fun fucking movie. Um, OD is great. The, the fucking teenage punk Cindy Lauper wannabe daughter played by what's her face from better off dead. Diane Franklin. Diane Franklin's fucking great. And the mom and dad are fucking great. You know, um, even you know, the kids great. The grandpa's great. I fucking love, I love when the parents have the swinger couple over and the, the Greek guy Spiro, he's like, is Stanley a manly man? <laughs> you know, and, and, oh, it's just so funny. And then he gets into the pool. They have the indoor, like, jacuzzi pool. And the monster is, like, has killed the girl that Spiro's with. And she's kind of sitting in the pool. And the monster is able to, like, mimic people perfectly, kind of like the thing. So it's like the monster will be under the water, but it's got like this appendage, like this tentacle that has the girl's head on it sticking out of the water. And so she's got in the water's like covered with mist and fog. And, and so the guy gets into the water and he's on the opposite end of the pool. And he's like, Hey baby, how about the quickie? And he starts wading towards the girl and she's just smiling at him all seductively. And he's like wading towards her and he's like feeling the water. And he's like, what is this? Some kind of algae? And he like pulls the like the, the slime from the monster up out of the water. And it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> or is it sex lubricant? Or is it the sex lubricant? <laughs> uh, so obviously you're a gigantic fan of this movie. Oh god, yeah. I mean it's got it's got uh you know, it's got the Medusa, the the horror hostess. You know, Elvira mm. wannabe, um, and it's it's very Fright Night. It's like they basically took all the '50s horror films and Fright Night, mixed with John Carpenter's The Thing on a low budget level, and mixed them all together um, with Charles Band's schlockiness. And and it's just such a fun movie. Um, the bunker that the grandpa lives in is really fucking cool and and a neat idea. Um, you know, I love the end of it where Medusa gets into the limo and, you know, and she's like, I, you know, and I didn't watch the last five minutes of the movie cause I watched it at work and all my, all my coworkers were starting to come in. So I had to turn it off. Uh, <laughs> I'd actually do my job. Um, bullshit, but you know, like she gets in at the end or something and the limo driver looks back at her and she's like, get to somewhere, somewhere and make it snappy or something like that. And she's all like covered in slime and shit gross it's just a cool movie so doug what did you think of terror vision 
All right, well, I'm going to have to play the asshole here. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> like, somehow I knew this was coming. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, the movie just didn't work for me. Really? It was, yeah, it, 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 I just didn't, I didn't like the tone and the atmosphere of the movie, which is, like, I think you, you, you've raised a good point, Tony, you said it's intentional. I know what, I know they're doing this all on purpose, and they, maybe you could argue they're doing it well, but I just didn't like it, and I pretty much like the opening shots of Planet Pluton or whatever, where it's like the kind of intentionally bad miniatures being yeah. used. I'm just like those shots. I was just like came on the screen, and I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna like this movie. Yeah. Well, and the unfortunate thing is, like, I watched on Amazon Prime, and it's cleaned up really well. Like, I, I always had that movie on VHS, yeah. and so watching it on VHS on an old school tube television, you know, it it had more texture to those sequences at the beginning. But I agree with you 100%. It's like, by I think that movie was like 1987, 88. And it's like... Uh, 86. 86, okay. So by that time, that's the same year as Cobra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Rambo too. Fucking George Cosmatos was fucking A-gaming it up that year. Uh, was so anyways... Was Commando that, that year? No, Commando was 85. He was 85, yeah. 85, yeah. all right. Um, but what, what I think is great is that it's like... Well, not great, rather. Let me reword that. What I think is interesting is how filmmakers don't learn from previous filmmakers' work. Like, you look at the Star Wars movies, and you look at Alien, and you look at Blade Runner. And all five of those movies at that time had been made three to, you know, seven, eight years prior to that. And... Um, and they had utilized miniatures and space so much better just by utilizing things like better lighting and fog machines. And, and it's like for, for whoever directed Terrorvision and the cinematographer did not take the time to just say, you know what, let's not half-ass this. Let's make this look really fucking cool. They had all the fucking direction from, from those guys. Granted, they couldn't watch a YouTube video on how to do it, but... You know, you could just go back and watch Return of the Jedi and just be like, all right, if they did it in Return of the Jedi, we can do it with this. Yeah, but I don't think they wanted to. No, of course not. Like, like they didn't want this to be a serious movie. They they were going for almost a, a trauma level of cheese. 100%. And you, you, don't, you don't want good miniatures in this um, because that would mislead the audience into thinking they were watching a serious movie <laughs> i will uh, say the the director is ted nicolau oh i've heard the name he apparently also directed all the subspecies movies just to bring it back that oh, you uh and, talked about earlier and those are not good movies like yeah, I'm really I've watched them. They're, they're not like uh, i i watched no i love them <laughs> oh really to defend himself so fuck him really <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, if if you do the show enough, you'll find out that it's not surprising what Noah loves and what Noah doesn't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Like I I remember watching the first one. Like I'm a big fan of Puppet Master one and two, especially part two. And mm. those are about the only Charles Band movies that I'll give any credit to as being decent films. I think the rest of his movie catalog is pretty subpar. Um, I don't know why you say that. You're you're buddies with Charles Band, aren't you? Fuck him in the face. <laughs> in the face and in the anus. 
Tony had a, an asylum situation with Charles Band, much okay. as I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I so so basically, you want me to tell that story, don't sure. you? Sure. Go for it. We're leading into a story here. I was going to let you leave it there. If you want to tell a story, go for it. Oh, I don't give a flying fist fuck about Charles Band. He can suck my partner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. So when it's my party, I'll die if I want to. Is traveling the festival circuit. We surprisingly, to, completely to my surprise, we won best feature at the Full Moon Horror Film Festival in Little Rock, Arkansas, in two thousand and eight. I want to say that was, and with that came worldwide distribution through Full Moon Entertainment. So I was fucking ecstatic. I was ecstatic. I was like, holy shit. My first feature is getting distributed by Full Moon Entertainment. And I know I'm not going to make a penny on it because everybody and their mother knows that Full Moon and Charles Band is a bunch of fucking dick fours. But my movie's going to be everywhere, you know? So I was super excited. So we, we, win the, we win the film festival. I get in touch with the film festival and they say, okay, here's Charles Band's office number. You know, give him a call. And, and set everything up. So I give his office a call. This is like, I want to say the week before Thanksgiving. And I give his office a call and I talk to his secretary or his assistant. And the dude's like, yeah, you know, Charles is not in the office right now, but like, I'm going to take down your number. And, you know, it's the holiday, it's Thanksgiving. So why don't you call back next week after Thanksgiving? So I called back and then I never heard from them again. Never fucking heard from them. And so... I ended up hitting up the guy who ran the festival at one point shortly after that. And I'm like, what's the deal? And he's like, dude, I'm real fucking sorry. But he's like, Charles band is the biggest bag of shit. He's like, he totally fucking like left us high and dry as a sponsor. He didn't do anything he said he would do for the festival. So, you know, here I am running a festival called the full moon film festival and my main sponsor, Charles Band, backed out and basically did not live up to any of the promises that he said he would. So he's a typical Hollywood producer, you know, typical shitbag. Um, but so, yeah, so we ended up not getting the distribution. But shortly after that, the, the guy who ran the festival, and I don't know his name for the life of me. That was 10, 11 years ago at this point. But he was actually a pretty upstanding guy. He still ended up putting together, despite the fact that the festival kind of fell apart underneath his feet, he still put together awards, and he sent me the award, and it's pretty fucking cool. It's it's a, like it's made out of wood, and it says, you know, it's, it's like a wood base with a wood kind of plaque on it that says, with a gold plaque on the piece of wood that says, you know, best feature, Full Moon Film Festival, it's my party, I'll die if I want to, 2007 or 2008, whenever it was. And then it's got six shooter spray painted gold glued to the side of it. So it's kind of neat. You know, it's like an award. And yeah, it's pretty cool. I wish it was uh, Blade instead. I always liked Blade more or Pinhead than six shooter, but it's still pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Fuck you, Charles Band. Yeah, fuck you, Charles Band. I'll tell you what else is pretty cool. My fucking amazing girlfriend just walked down here. And handed me a yingling. What a sweetheart. <laughs> what a fucking sweetheart. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't remember what we were talking about when you got me lettuce. Uh, <laughs> well, 
I I don't I just don't really like the movies. I like Puppet Master one and two. I and mm. I tried liking the subspecies because I'm like these look pretty cool and they're just not. They're so fucking hokey. And the only other one I'd say I kind of like, and the only reason why I say that is because I haven't seen it in 20 years, so it's probably fucking atrocious. But I kind of remember liking Castle Freak. Oh, yeah, Castle yeah. Freak is actually pretty good. It holds up really well. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, we did that a while back on the show. But and that's also it, Jeffrey Combs. And he's well, and it's also Stuart Gordon. So. Yes, exactly. Um, and isn't... Uh, um, isn't uh, what's her face in it? Isn't Barbara Crampton the wife in that? Yes, awesome. See, I love yeah. Barbara Crampton. Yeah, it's hard to hold that, that amount of quality down, even if it is a full moon movie. I'll tell you what, though, like I have to say, and, and if they ever hear me say this, I hope that they like understand that I'm saying it as a fan, but I'll tell you what, I, I really hate it. Like, I get that people are supposed to promote whatever they're in. And I appreciate and respect people who do that. But at the same time, it's like promoting something that's complete dog shit and saying it's amazing pisses me off. You know, it's like I watched on Amazon prime that movie that she was promoting a while back, uh, called like dead of night or, or dark of night or dead of winter or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm really cool cover artwork where it's like the trees in the winter time and the branches kind of make a, it's very tales from Halloween ripoff, but kind of cool. That movie's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Barbara Crampton is in it. Fucking AJ Bowen is in it. And who's AJ Bowen's wife? Um, I think it's Brie Bennett. Brie Bennett's in it. And I fucking love Brie Bennett. Yeah, is that her name? A, uh, no. Brie Grant. Bria Grant. Yes, yeah. Bria Grant. Fucking love Bria Grant. Love her to death. She's super cute. You know, I fucking love her to death. And it's like that movie's fucking dog shit. <laughs> and they're all promoting it. And I think they're friends with the director. It's like, look, I get it. He's your friend. But goddamn it, tell your friend to make a better fucking movie next time. <laughs> Jesus. AJ Bowen is such a phenomenal independent actor. Such an, a phenomenal actor. And he's a nice guy. When I met him, he was a nice guy. And Barbara Crampton's a fucking awesome, awesome chick. I've never met her, but she's fucking cool as shit, and she's in a lot of great movies, and she supports independent cinema. But God damn it, people, your movie's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done now. It's, it's called Dead Night. Dead Night. God, that movie's fucking atrocious. Ouch. <laughs> I feel like somebody took that. I feel like somebody like took the red camera and vomited on the lens and then wiped their butt crack <laughs> with it. Said, All right, we're done. That's a wrap. <laughs> let's insert uh, this. Let's insert this 24 to 105 in our anus and call it a day. We need Tony on more often just to do rants. Yeah, let's Fantastic. just should be a regular segment on our show. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking diggity down. I'm diggity down. I'm downtown Georgia Brown. Uh, Good lord. Yeah. Uh, well, the Lord is good. God is great. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you did like about the movie, Doug? Um I mean I mean I think the monster was did look cool. Uh, and I liked some of the effects. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if gore is the right word, but some of the just the slimy and grossness of it I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Tony brought it up that he's supposed to be like a 50s monster. That makes sense. And then it feels like they just yeah. dumped a giant vat of 
KY jelly over top yeah, of them to so make them nice and gross. Yeah. Methacellulose. I liked the comparison to the thing too. I think I I didn't pick up on that really when I was watching the movie, but now it makes complete sense. It's like it is basically a comedic mm. version of the thing. And yeah. honestly, I I never thought that initially. I mean, I've seen Terrorvision probably thirty times, and I never thought that until I just watched it the other day. And the part that made me think about it was when. The, when he's when he's got the, when the monster has taken over the grandpa and like I think it's when the parents come home and they're like you know and, and it's the first time you see that it's turning into the grandpa's head yeah and the grandpa's head and it's like the grandpa's head's dangling from like a tentacle but it's like a blatant fucking foam latex fake head and it's just like <laughs> shaking with slime dripping off of it and you know it's just like wow that's like really trying to be the thing really really poorly. You know, um, but again, <laughs> Charles Band probably called Butchler up. This is right before Butchler was doing Friday Seven, I think, and he probably said, "Hey, dude, why don't you come on over here and do this movie special effects for me? I'll pay you, I'll pay you twenty grand to do the effects." And Butchler pocketed fifteen of that and spent the other five on latex and KY jelly. <laughs> do you think uh, Friday Seven's like Butchler's like peak movie? Uh, I don't know what else he's done besides Cellar Dweller and I like between directing and effects work um, because I, I like Seven, but I don't love Seven. Seven's got some fun deaths in it. Like, I think that's the sleeping bag one, right? Yeah. 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 So Seven's got some great deaths in it. But overall, I think Seven is a clusterfuck of a movie. Um, but how do you feel about the uh, look of Jason in it, though? Yeah, I, I think the look of Jason, that's one of the best looks of Jason, in my opinion. Um, I, I really, I think that movie, what, what really bothers me about that movie is that they took it and they blatantly moved it from New York woods to Georgia swamps. Mm-hmm. And that, that really pisses me off because it looks nothing like Camp Crystal Lake. And, and I don't know why they did that. You know, if you have, if you're making a Friday 13th movie, if you're making the seventh in a series where you've made one almost every year and every single one of them has made a shit ton of money, how do you not have the money to continue producing quality at the same level as the previous films? You know, well, I mean, if you read Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah, they they discuss a lot of that. How they were making tons I... of money, but Paramount didn't want to spend anything on any yeah, of those movies. Sure, I don't have to read the book. I can just talk to Andrew and Kevin. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, so Car- John Carl Buechler did do special effects on other movies like Trancers. Yeah. Uh, From Beyond. Ooh. Do- Dolls. Ooh. Oh come on! I'm a big fan of Dolls. So he was uh, he he's a product of the Charles Band of Full Moon Entertainment. Seems that way, yeah. 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 Uh, he did Garbage Pail Kids the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, Ghoulies Two, which Doug is a big Ooh. fan. Ooh, dude, Ghoulies Two is fun. I haven't seen it in thirty years. It's probably <laughs> dog shit. I think I've ever seen two. Actually, it's Ghoulies Three that I absolutely hate and refuse <laughs> to see any of the Ghoulies. Is that is Ghoulies Three the one where they go to college? Yeah. Yeah. Do they actually earn a degree at the end of the movie? I- <sighs> I'm trying right. to block that out. <laughs> They're still paying off their student loans. Probably. Uh, he did Prison. Oh, that's that's a great movie. Uh, he worked on Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Mm. Uh, he did uh, 
What's it say? Freddy's Chest of Souls, Chest Hole, and Horror Pizza. Hmm. What? The pizza and in, in, in four where it's got all the faces and oh, shit in it. Sure, sure, sure. Describing a different movie and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, are you no, no, no. yeah. I was like, is there a no, fucking? No, no. Is that like Freddy's Nightmares? There was another show. What? No, 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 no. They just they have like the stuff specifically that he worked on. Okay. Uh, Halloween four, The Return of Michael Myers. <laughs> oh. See, I like uh, Halloween four. I'm like the only person in the world that likes Halloween four. Such uh, a bag of shit. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. No special, shit. Special animatronic effects uncredited. Nice. Uh Brighter Reanimator. Nice. Uh here we go. Ghoulies go to college. <laughs> <laughs> uh Demonic Toys. Carnosaur. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh Scanner Cop. Cyborg 3. I didn't even know there was a Cyborg 3. Uh, <laughs> bikini Drive-In. Special yep. special Creature Effects. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, Carnosaur 3. Watchers 4. Oh, God. Did, please. We even, oh. did we even know there was a Watchers 4? Yeah, I knew there was three. We did the first one. Uh, yeah. I love the first Watchers. Fucking love it. Uh, Hatchet, of course, he worked on Hatchet. Um, and then, yeah, like Ginger Dead Man, and oh, yeah. So, no, so, to answer your question, this was not his Friday Seven was not his best effects work. Did he do the effects on Seven or did he just direct it? Uh, he's listed as well, he did direct it, but then he's also credited for uh, credited as line producer, special makeup effects unit. Yeah, that just means he worked out the budget. Yeah. He probably worked out the budget to make sure they were spending the right amount of money in the right places. Yeah. Hell of a tangent, anyways. Yes. (laughs) Nothing to do with TerraVision whatsoever. Well, he did the special effects that we were trying to. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, the special effects in the movie are, are, uh, I think, good. And a lot of the stuff I didn't like about the movie, I think. Like I didn't like the 1950s fake backyard. Yeah. I didn't like the use of the miniature. All that stuff's intentional. I think it's done that way on purpose. It's just not something I'm interested in watching. And maybe I would have been had I seen this in the 80s, but I'm watching it for the first time. So. Mm, gotcha. I, I think the thing, too, is like the problem, I agree with you because I don't like too much schlock. And the, the thing that I wish is... I think it's ultimately the, the the fact of the matter is is that Charles Band and his team are just dog shit filmmakers. You know, they they're clearly making a buck doing what they're doing, but like they're just not aesthetically artists. They're not aesthetic artists well enough. They're not good enough at that aspect of making a film to pay attention to those aspects. Like you look at the same year that that came out. Invaders from Mars came out, which is also a 50s monster rendition movie. And Invaders from Mars took what the 50s was doing and updated it in a good way. And I'm sure it had more money. Toby Hooper probably had you know a better budget to work with. But the production design in Invaders from Mars is infinitely better than TerraVision. And it's like, you guys could have taken a little more time to make the house look a little less like a theater set. You could have taken the time to just shoot some scenes outside. Like, you mean to tell me you don't have a fucking backyard at your own house, Charles Band? You had your own backyard. (laughs) Since you're pocketing 90% of the budget to your movies, you probably have a fucking mansion, so why not make that the fucking house? 
Could have used the the house from Castle Freak. Could have, because he because that's the whole thing. He bought that mansion or castle or whatever, and then they shot like five movies in it like immediately. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Fucking shyster fuck. <laughs> I like uh, how everything we say. It's just an excuse to badmouth Charles man. That's nice. He's a fuckbag. <laughs> Seriously, if I ever meet that guy, I might punch him in the penis. Mm, go I might to up, a convention, might, you can. Might uppercut his crotch. I'm not going to pay to go to his convention just so I can uppercut him in the crotch. I didn't say his convention. I said a convention. Oh, I was going to say, I'll like walk up, pay him the 20 bucks for the autograph, and then punch him in the junk. <laughs> that like, it's worth 20 bucks. I would give you the 20 bucks if you promised to catch that on video. Oh, okay. Because I was, was going to say, he'd probably like grab his balls and be like, oh, that hurts. And then be like, well, you still gave me 20 bucks. I'm a shyster <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'm a uh, fuck. Uh, Noah wanted it to be known that he absolutely loved Terrorvision. Oh well, Which is no surprise to Douglas. <laughs> no, no, this is this is right up Noah's alley. It's he has bad taste in movies. He would love a movie like this. <laughs> it's but it's it's really not a bad movie because it's entertaining and it's fun. It's not a horror film, and as long as you go into it understanding that it's a schlocky, you know, kind of mid eighties mo- low budget monster movie, you can really get a lot of fun out of it. But I agree with you if you if I'd never you've never seen it before, right? Yeah. See, I mean, I grew up on Terror Vision, so to me, it just it's nostalgic for me, um, and and I think it's light years better than the video fucking crap. I mean, the video dead. That movie's fucking trash. We'll get to that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, no, I think with Terror Vision, I just think it's like I say, it was the opening scenes of the movie. I was just like, oh shit, I'm not gonna like this. I don't like when people try to intentionally act poorly in a movie, um, which I think goes on a lot in this movie. <laughs> I don't I don't like intentional bad effects. Like, I'd rather see them try and fail to make good effects and try and fail at good acting. Um, so it just doesn't work for me. I don't, that's not necessarily, I can understand why people would enjoy this movie. I just didn't get into it. For me, it almost felt like if Troma tried to make a family-friendly movie, this is what you'd get. Hmm. Okay. That's a pretty good analogy. Honestly, the one thing I don't like about TerraVision is when the creature's killing people, it's spraying like green ooze out instead of blood. Mm-hmm. It's like if it was at least bloody, it'd be like, okay, the monster's hokey and the house is not a house and the backyard's not a backyard and the acting is terrible, but at least it's gory. But it's like, the creature stabs somebody and green fucking jelly sprays out. That makes no goddamn sense. No, and it, like I think that's probably trying to keep the rating down. I don't know mm. when this was rated, but yeah, I don't know. Me neither. So um, I pretty much get excited anytime I see uh, John Jonathan Grease in anything. Yeah, who is what the fuck's his name? Od or whatever. Od. <laughs> Didn't realize I had to say it that way. Sorry. You like metal? Kiss the boot. <laughs> Kiss this. Uh, it's fucking funny. Yeah, movie's got some good quotes in it. I, I, I quote that movie often. Is Stanley a manly man? <laughs> I will say that that particular joke, seeing it for the first time in 
2019 is like in today's political climate when you, about a minute and a half before the guy comes out as gay in the movie you, you realize where the joke is headed and you're like uh oh yeah. <laughs> I understand that it was the 80s when they made this and that this type of joke was pretty typical at the time but I know what's coming and I know that if this came out today people would not be happy <laughs> oh totally 100% <laughs> it's like, it is just the whole thing can you imagine a man wanting to sleep with another man how ridiculous is this concept <laughs> That's... we're watching it while pride month is going on <laughs> <laughs> And it's hilarious too because they're like, by the way, in the in the process of being homophobic, we're also going to be racist against Greek people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only is being gay terrible, but if you're Greek, you're automatically gay, and it's like, oh Jesus! <laughs> is this the architecture is fantastic? What is this Greek inspired Roman guy Roman? I actually thought that was the best joke in the whole movie because it's like the only intelligent humor in the whole movie. It's the only part where you're like, oh, I get it because everything Roman is ripped off from the Greeks. I, I can piece that together. Fag <laughs> <laughs> knowledge of history. Yeah. And it's almost like mocking the entire concept of the 80s that it's like, yeah, everything is the ripped off version of something nice. <laughs> oh, I still love the 80s, though. <laughs> we all I was know that. Say, of anybody. Anybody who loves the 80s, it's Tony. It's Tony, all right. All right, anything else we want to say about Terror Vision before we move on? Well, you haven't told us whether you like it or not yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Give I us figured, one sentence of your thoughts. I figured. Uh, I enjoy this movie. Yeah. I don't love it as much as Tony, uh, but I always have a good time watching it. Um, humor works for me. Like I said, I like Diane Franklin and her little Cindy Lauper wannabe character. I think it's pretty funny. Um, Jonathan Grease. It's weird seeing uh, that Chad Allen kid because then I'm like, whatever happened to that kid? So then I have to do like an internet rabbit hole. What was he that. in? Because I recognize him, but uh, uh, he was he was one of those heartthrob kids in the '80s. I am trying to remember what TV show he was in now. Yeah, I was gonna say like I was like that's not the kid from Silver Spoons, but I feel like it's something no. like that. No, he was known for something big. Let me see here. Uh, Our House with Wilford Brimley. That's what it was. Wilford Brimley. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, Dude last made a movie called Fright Flick in 2011. Hmm. Produced by Charles Fuckface Band. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's also, uh, he's the autistic kid on St. Elsewhere. I never saw the show. Well, you know the story how at the end you find out that the entire run of the show has just been in the mind of this autistic kid. It's like a very famous TV ending. I, I've heard that, but I didn't re- remember it was that show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's him. Okay. He's, he's the kid, apparently. So is he only in the last episode, or is he in the whole show? You just don't realize that all these characters are in his head. Uh, he's in the whole show, it looks like. Okay. The very least, he's in a lot of episodes. So it's basically what identity is, only it's a serial killer instead of a fucking autistic kid. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We know we just we forgot to throw out spoiler alerts for identity and St. Elsewhere there. But... <laughs> if you haven't seen identity and St. Elsewhere, go back to 1994. <laughs> I don't I know why I picked that year, but I say identity, identity wasn't out yet. No, no, it wasn't out yet. But hey, it was a good year. 1994 was like uh, when that like Jurassic Park 
Oh yeah, it was good. Or was that ninety three? That was, was ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety four might have been Shawshank. Yep, that's right. Don't don't, don't anybody trash talk that movie. I'll kill you. No. I don't think it's possible to trash talk that movie. You yeah. know what? I listened. I listened to one podcast where they actually like tried to tear it apart, and I couldn't. None of their criticisms made any sense. They're like, it's overly dramatic. That was their complaint about it. I'm like, well, it's a drama film, you fucking idiots. Like, I, I, I could not get my head around like how anyone could try to complain about that movie. Only idiots would try. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we move on? Doug, you want to give us a synopsis for the video dead? The video dead. Um, a possessed television gets inadvertently delivered to the wrong house. Some zombies come out of it uh, and wander into the woods and just live there by themselves for three months and apparently mind their own business for the most part uh, <laughs> until a new family moves into the house where the TV was delivered. And uh, although everything else was moved out because it's the 80s, the TV was left behind for some reason. <laughs> so eventually they team up with some guy that shows up at their door saying, hey, aren't you guys the ones with the evil TV? And they gotta go fight the zombies. There's not a lot of plot to this movie. No. And there's not a lot of acting to this movie. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of production value to this movie. There's not a lot of talent to that movie. That movie's fucking horrible. <laughs> I remember the first time we watched it, I rented it in college with one of my fraternity brothers, Matt Tutt. And we were like, oh man, this movie's gonna be great. We can't wait to get home and watch this. We had rented the VHS tape. <laughs> and uh, from family video, and fuck that movie was bad. It, it is so yeah, bad. It, it is just objectively terrible, like on every logical level. Yes, I mm -hmm. mean the the acting, like I say, is just beyond bad. It's yeah. I don't even think acting is the right word to describe what's going on. The plot is almost it's weirdly non-existent. Like a lot of stuff happens, but none of it has a reason for happening. Like I say, the zombies wander off into the woods and just live there for three months, and that's it. Like, like they didn't kill anybody during that three month stint. Like I don't you could have just left them out there; they would have just been fine. They were just on a camping trip, apparently. It, it, it's very illogical. Yeah. The only thing the movie does have going for, I think, the, like there's like four zombie characters, and I think they look great. Like I think the makeup effects, except for the David Bowie guy, the David Bowie lookalike is kind of not he's, really. He's the worst one. Yeah, yeah, he looks like um, not David Bowie. He looks more like um, what's that actor from all the '80s movies where he's always a bad guy? His name's like his name has a it's like a snake or something is his last name. Um, God, what is that? You have to be more specific. Oh, no. As soon as I say who it is, you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about, but I can't think of any movies that he's in. Um, God damn it. Who? What's he in? What is he in? But, no. The other thing that I think is weird is, like, I love how the boy, the teenage boy, gets seduced by the woman who comes out of the TV, and mm -hmm. then she goes back into the TV and dies, and, like, we, ne like, we have no idea, like, what her point is was she wasn't a zombie mm -hmm. so what was the purpose and what was the purpose of the trash man who killed her uh, that i don't know uh some of the trivia quote-unquote trivia i read is they uh they originally had a backstory for her and they decided to just leave that vague so that she would just be some entity from the tv yeah 
I think then, so, I think the true trivia is something more to the effect of they filmed a scene and then they just inserted it into their movie and that was as much thought went into it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we need we need some we need some tits in this movie, so we're gonna put this blonde chick who's friends with the producer in here because she's willing to, you know, get into sexual situations as they called it back in the eighties and nineties, you know. Oh, that's what we always look for. When it'll pop up, they're like new to these strong sexual situations. Yeah, yeah, like, this yeah. movie's gonna be awesome. Oh man, this one's got V, S, S, and L. We're set. <laughs> Where's the N and the B N? <laughs> I was always disappointed by B N. <laughs> Brief nudity. That could just be a guy's butt flash. Yeah, that's a guy's. It butt flash yeah i don't want to see a dude's butt cheeks <laughs> oh bright guy you fucking crack me up uh, i do agree i thought the zombies looked good i think the problem is they're way too overlit because everything takes place during the goddamn day yeah i don't think they could afford lighting for this movie so they said to film yeah. sunny out uh, if they could have put them in some interesting situations where they could have lit it better, I think they would have looked uh, amazing. But yeah, they're way, way too overlit. Yeah, I also found the tone of the movie was completely fucked. Like, there were times where it seemed like they were trying to make a horror movie, but then there are other times where a zombie puts a person in a washing machine and turns it on to kill them. <laughs> and I'm like, you. Either you're making a comedy or you're making a horror. You can't have, you can't expect us to be scared of these things later after they stuff somebody into a washing machine. I fucking yeah. love that I just typed in '80s action movie villains and I found the dude. Where is he at? What's he in? Okay, in the Untouchables. He's in the Untouchables. Can I like sh- share my screen with you guys? You can turn your camera on. But well, then we but can't see your screen. No, but it's, yeah, you can't see my screen. So can I share my screen with you or no? Well, you can on a desktop. Oh. I don't know if you can do it on your phone or not. I'm on my desktop. Oh. All right. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Yeah. That guy, the guy on the right. Billy Drago? Billy Drago. So Snake, Dragon, same <laughs> right. fucking thing. <laughs> sure. that's asking a lot of us to get there it, that's what that one but david bowie zombie looked like the one who was in the closet with the with the older sister at one point and she's all trying to be all like friendly with him and make him she's like this is an ancient family recipe and it's like manwich and fucking chili noodles yeah you know i'm just like god damn it movie <laughs> stop just stop trying well the whole thing where she's like trying to befriend the zombies and like feed them dinner and shit and it's just like I don't understand what the fuck is happening, but I also know I've seen Brain Dead where it has a similar scene and it's just good. So I know what this what a good version of this scene would be like. And this ain't it. Like it's just atrocious. <laughs> yeah. I definitely good. enjoyed laughing at this movie while I was watching it. I, I did not laugh with it, but laughing at it was kind of enjoyable. Oh, see, Here I didn't go. even do that. I was Here you go, my... Brian. Examples of brief nudity. It <laughs> <laughs> was... Uh... Jesus Christ. I was uh, laying on my bed watching this, and I'm like, why is this movie still fucking on? I thought it was fucking over with already. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah if, I, if, you, if anyone does decide to watch this for the listeners, like have something else to do while you're watching it. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't yeah. be like trying to like pay good attention to it. Cause... Yeah, it's it's not good at all. It's uh, I mean I've seen it. I've watched Video Dead probably four times for some stupid reason in my life, and I I, I will never ever subject myself to Video Dead again. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's tricky though because like I can understand how you'd be fooled into watching it because the, like the pictures of the zombies that you find if you Google search the uh, the name of the movie or if you, even if you'll see like go on YouTube you'll find the clip of that zombie kind of climbing out of the TV. It looks pretty fucking good. Totally. Like, and then it's just like, oh, but that's it. That's all the movie has to offer is those moments. Yeah, totally. Every time mm-hmm. people are talking, it's like, why are you doing that? And then they go on that weird like hunting trip to look for the zombies, and it's this, it's such a strange thing because they like they kill one, and then they're like, "We got it, we're done." And it's like, "But you know, there's like four out there, so why do you think you're done after one?" And then the thing gets up again, and the guy that's supposed to know what's going on is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they get up again." So why were you acting like it was victory to have shot that one? <laughs> right? Well, and, <laughs> like, and not, what the hell is going on? Not to mention the fact that it's like, okay, you're going to go out and hunt them with a fucking bow and arrow that you're like taking to Cub Scout camp. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Let's, let's get a little more creative here. Need a Rambo bow and arrow. They did have a chainsaw. Yeah. And then the kid gets killed by the chainsaw, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that they were, I thought the movie was going to end and it was going to be like, it was all just a horrible dream, like saying elsewhere. And then, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, we realized that the kid wakes up and he just fucking got a little too stoned from that joint he was smoking before the chick came out of the TV and he didn't actually get chainsawed in half from the zombie and. You know, his girlfriend didn't actually die, and her poodle's still alive and well at home. Chocolate! Oh, my God. I was like, can we stop running around the neighborhood screaming chocolate at the top of our lungs? <laughs> like, I, I, I can't help but wonder with this movie, like, were they trying to be funny by naming a dog chocolate and having them run around like assholes yelling chocolate, or did they think that that was just okay? <laughs> Who knows? Like if you're like if you're listening to this at home and you have a dog named Chocolate, change your fucking dog's name. That's stupid. <laughs> That'd be pretty ironic, don't you think? Uh, yeah, this movie is terrible. Fucking terrible. Uh, do we have anything else we want to say about that? It was terrible. No, again, no. The, the makeup effects are really good. I'd almost be. It's it's disappointing that they didn't have anything interesting for those um, character things to do. Well, and there was no like real violent like the deaths were all kind of stupid too. Like even the first guy, you don't even see the first guy get killed, Mister Jordan. He's just like dead. Yeah. And then they, and then they like open the door and he's like standing in the lo- in the hallway like with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and it's like and he's like theater white face painted. You know, <laughs> like, like so- you look like the ghost of Christmas past, dude. So here's here's how dumb this movie is for people who haven't seen it that might be listening. The movie starts with these delivery guys. They bring the TV to this house, and the guy opens it up, and he's like, "What a TV!" And then it it turns out to be evil. The delivery guys come back to pick up the TV, having realized that they delivered it to the wrong address, and they find his body. And yet, when somebody else comes in and cleans up the whole house and takes out the body and removes all the other furniture, the TV is simply put in the attic. 
but the delivery guys were fucking there to pick up the TV, and that's how yeah. they found the body. That's how stupid this movie is. Is like we know they came to pick it up. Why the fuck didn't they pick it up? Yeah. Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. Dumber than Charles Band. Also, it was super weird that like the kids that moved into the house were like, our parents are in Saudi Arabia, but they're moving back to America soon. So they bought this house sight unseen. No, the dad's company bought the house. And oh. talk about a shithole of a house. Like, okay, we're, 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 you're clearly important enough to the company where you're going to be stationed in Saudi Arabia doing business, doing God knows what over there. But we're going to buy you a $20,000 fixer-upper. That's also the, that's also the home that guy was murdered in. Yeah. Probably still smells like his fecal matter because he fucking defiled his pants. Yeah, but don't worry. Your teenage kids can move in early and get things fixed up. They have that one mirror to hang in the hallway. And then that's, yep. it. that's all they're yep. going to do. Yeah. They're going to rake the front yard. The one, the boy's not going to change his clothes for two weeks. Yet he's still going to find the cutest girl in town to befriend, <laughs> who's baby dog sitting a dog named Chocolate for some weird reason um, that likes to hump. I forgot what she said. It likes to hump skunks. 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 That's right. Yeah, skunks. Yeah, it likes to hump skunks, and then the skunks spray it. But somehow it gets more turned on when the skunks spray it. Fucking so stupid. I, I think that I think that they think that's a joke. I think that so that's cool there. Like, <sighs> that's what Tony thinks about that. Yeah. yeah this movie, well, that's talking it. about this movie makes me want to go to bed. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, did you watch anything, Tony, you want to talk about? Let me see. What have I watched recently? Um, God, I, 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 I hate that Like when I'm put on the spot like that, I can never remember the shit that I'm watching. <laughs> Um, Doug, do you want to go first to give Tony? Go ahead. Yeah, go first. Yeah, because I keep I maintain an Instagram account where I update it every time I watch something. That way, I can remember what I watched. (laughs) I did that for a while with uh, with um, what's the one app that you use, Brian? Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Yeah, I did that for a while, but I was like, dude, this takes too much time. (laughs) That's what I'm using right now. (laughs) Continue, Doug. Uh, Yeah. Anyways. Let's, new, the new series uh, season of Black Mirror came out, so oh, I, I powered through all three episodes of that. Not sure why there's only three episodes. Wasn't the first couple seasons only three episodes? Though? The first was four, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you'd think now they got the Netflix money, they'd be making more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, overall, I'll go through each of them, but overall, I was a little underwhelmed. Uh, I don't know. So I haven't I'm, watched them yet. I'm a big Black Mirror fan. But I, I just found none of the, none of them. They're none of them are quite as dark as I like Black Mirror to be, and they don't. Like I'll, I'll give you an easy example is like the first one called Striking Vipers is it's all about this guy that like goes into this virtual reality fighting game, and within the virtual reality world, he starts sleeping with the other characters, 
and the whole thing is kind of exploring that question of like you know when you're how how far into this virtual reality stuff does this become cheating on your wife as opposed to just playing a game and you know i, I think that raises all sorts of questions about like what other stuff you do online how, you know if you're doing something online that you wouldn't do in the real world does it become are you doing anything wrong and it wants to explore that type of question but it it ends up being like the other person he's sleeping with who's a female character in the game but it's like a dude in real life and they start having conversations Cat Fisher. well no he he knows it's a dude so it's not it's not a catfish situation it's actually a buddy of his but it starts to explore that question of like because there's like now he's like is that a gay act if you're if the character you're sleeping with is female but you know it's being controlled by a male and it's virtual reality and all this and it's like i don't that to me is not an interesting question in a black mirror perspective like to me that black mirror has always been about the technology yeah and it's like so when you're discussing that question of okay you're sleeping with somebody else in a virtual reality simulated world how far does that go before it becomes cheating on your wife that's an interesting question about the way the technology is changing human relationships and stuff and that's what i want from black mirror whether it's okay to be gay or not is not to me something that needs to be discussed i don't like it's just yeah it's fine if he's whatever and you know i i don't it, it, so it was stuff like that i mean it's, it's a well-made episode it's well executed um do you think after the San Juna Piro episode, they're trying maybe a little too hard to be thought-provoking instead of, well, thought-provoking is not the right word, more like dramatic questions rather than maybe dark stories? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's part of the problem because I'll, I'll definitely say, um, so the third episode, which is called uh, Rachel Rachel Jack and Ashley Two, I think it's called something like that, um, which is the one that everyone's talking about because Miley Cyrus is in it, mm-hmm. and it's like it does some really interesting dark things. Like Miley Cyrus plays like a pop star who's basically being forced to do this pop star thing, and the sort of the technology aspect of it is that they've pulled out her consciousness and put it into these like walking, talking dolls and stuff, and whatever like. And it goes to some really dark places where she's, I don't, I kind of don't want to spoil it, but the things that are done to her are like horrific. And she actually turns out Miley Cyrus can decently act in a situation like this. And she, it really, there's some difficult scenes to watch. And then the ending is just this super happy fucking like Disney ending. And it's, it's really frustrating. Like it's like because it's like not just a happy ending, it's cartoonishly happy. Mm. Like I'll, I, I, I can spoil the ending, I think, without spoiling the rest of the show. Where I can say like, so that she's this pop star, she's but she wants to play like her own kind of music, typical shit. Mm. And of course, it ends. The happy ending is she's now on stage playing her own music that she wrote herself, and not the poppy shit that they're making her play. So there, that's a little bit of a happy ending. The other characters in the story are literally like these two sisters and one is all like listening to the pop music and one is like listening to the rock music and the one that listens to the rock music ends up being in the fucking band with the Miley Cyrus character at the end and I'm like come on is this like a fucking like is this literally are we watching a Nickelodeon show at this point like it's ridiculous hey dude 
<laughs> Just like hey dude. Yeah. Fucking hey dude. So I don't know, I found that pretty frustrating. Mm, well that's disappointing. So and then yeah, just, just to round it out, like the uh the middle episode is called something, I forget what it's called. Smithereens or something. And it's basically it's about this guy that takes the takes an employee from a tech company, like sort of, they don't call it Facebook, but it's basically Facebook, takes an employee hostage and it starts insisting he wants to speak with the owner of the company or whatever and it's like how can i put it it ends it it's all it, it gets into this whole thing about you know how much of our lives are consumed by these social media apps and stuff but at the end of the day it's i don't think that i don't it, it, when when the, the whole story is revealed again i don't want to spoil it i don't know that the technology is the bad guy here it's like maybe the human being is the bad guy and the technology was just existing and so i don't know like that again that's not what black mirror has been about for several years and so i'm waiting to hear like okay what did this technology what element of this technology you know had this negative impact on this guy and it's like no sounds like that situation is kind of your own fault and <laughs> you know uh, more and more people just being dumbasses rather than technology really yeah. ruining people's lives yeah yeah like so I don't know, but maybe, Brian, I assume you're going to eventually watch this. Yeah. And we can maybe discuss it in a little more depth with spoilers on a future episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know. I just, I, it's still, Black Mirror is still one of the best TV shows out there, but it's really gone downhill towards the end of last season. Remember, I think we complained about too many happy endings, and now mm-hmm. we do a, I don't know. Now we got cartoonish endings, which makes it even worse. Yeah, like the the ending to that Miley Cyrus episode was very frustrating, especially because some of the stuff that happened before was really good. So, hmm. I don't know. That's my little rant about that. That's just me. <laughs> that's just me complaining for ten minutes about a show that I actually. That's heard. that's your Charles Band rant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all right. We all have them. So. Uh, and the only other thing I watched, Brian, I know you watched this because mm-hmm. I watched it after I saw your social media and I'm like, oh, if he gets to watch that, I get to watch it. Uh, <laughs> the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Which is, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I can, tell you the, I, can, I can tell you the plot of that movie, but if you don't know the plot of that movie from reading that title. <laughs> That's literally the plot. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I want to know what you thought of it. I, was, I really liked it. I was shocked by the movie because it is not the movie that I thought I was going to get when I read that title. I thought it was going to be a pretty schlocky, fun movie, and it is not that at all. It is like a pretty intense character drama. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sam well, Elliott is so fucking good in it. Yeah, you hear that title and you think like, ah, oh, this is going to be like a schlocky movie, and then you hear the Sam Elliott's the main character, and you're like. Oh wait! Yeah, like, now, now, now I'm confused. And then you watch it, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, that was that was way different than I thought it was going to be." Yeah, it was it was not at all what I expected. It was it was very heavy, heavily actor driven. Um, there wasn't all that much stuff about him killing Hitler and or killing Bigfoot. Yet, yes, both those things happened in the movie. But I, I mean, I thought. Like, I I really enjoyed like the idea of following this character around. 
and knowing like when I when it says the guy killed Hitler, I assumed it would be set in some alt universe where this guy was the hero of World War II that ended it by killing Hitler, mm-hmm. and or my the alternative theory I had was that they were going to play the whole Hitler escaped Argentina route and he went down and killed him. Yeah. But I mean, I, can't, I don't know. If, I guess this is a minor spoiler to say like the story about killing yeah. Hitler. Yeah, so, I mean, his monologue about it is fantastic. So yeah. I'd say go go for it. Yeah, so I mean, basically, it, it turns out that he, in World War II, killed Hitler, and he basically, like, it's, we're told throughout the story that he gave up his whole life to go on this, like, years-long mission to be the guy that killed Hitler, and he does it, and the Germans simply swap out a lookalike and continue the war, and that's it like he 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 gave up everything in his life to get to this moment where he thought he was going to be saving the world he did exactly what he planned to do and it accomplished exactly nothing and so we follow him as an older character throughout much of the movie just this like bitter old man who's still he's still trying to get over that whatever i think that the timing of the movie is not they don't, they don't say what year the movie's set. I think that's intentional to try to make the guy not be 80. But it's... Yeah, it's just... We, we see his character being this kind of bitter old man all along. And we're given hints of it's because of what happened to him during the war when we find out that that's what happened. And we find it all out through a Sam Elliott monologue like looking into camera telling the story. And I'm just like, fuck, I was so impressed. Yeah, and there's so many of those character moments in this movie. Like, uh, I thought Larry Miller was outstanding. Plays his like brother. Mm-hmm. He's just outstanding in this role. And there's so many moments of these two just talking, and I'm just, I was completely engaged. The when when uh, they they come and they get this guy to to come and uh, kill Bigfoot at the end of the movie, and they give, they've given enough movie logic to why it has to be this like old man that goes to fight. Bigfoot, mm-hmm. but when he goes to tell his little brother that he's kind of, he's been called in by the government to go fight Bigfoot, and he tells him, and, and you get that awesome moment between the two of them where he's like, yeah, so the government wants me to go and kill Bigfoot, but I don't think I'm going to go, and his brother's like, uh, if you're not going to go, why are we here? And he's like, because I need someone to watch my dog. Like he just like they just know each other so well that he's like, we all know you're going. If you get called in, you're gonna go. Why are you trying to lie to me and say you're not? And it's like it's those moments between those two characters are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a shocking thing to say that Sam Sam Elliott's a fantastic actor. So yeah. his portrayal in this is just fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the role is kind of like tailor made for him, this like retired military guy who's all bitter about the life he gave up. But it's he's he's just perfect in it. Yeah. And, it's, and then at the end, he does fight a Bigfoot. So if anyone's wondering, <laughs> look, you do get to see that. It's the the title isn't a lie. It's just a little bit misleading as far as the tone of the movie that you can expect. Have you seen this movie, Tony, or ever planned it? No, not it? yet. I, I want to see it. Um, I mean, obviously, I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yeah. It's it's good, done really well, shot really well. Yeah. It's just good all around. Well, it's Sam Elliott. I fucking love Sam Elliott. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like Doug said, it's one of those you watch this movie and you're like, oh yeah, this is this was tailor made for Sam Elliott to play this guy. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I don't know. It also has the poor man's Ron Livingston in it, which is Ron Livingston because he's the oh. only person. On, he's the only person on the face of the planet who's the poor man's version of himself. So <laughs> that was worth mentioning. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. that's about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, that, good. That, it's that fantastic, movie, worth a watch. It's a huge recommend for me. I, I need to rewatch it already. I, it's one of those mm-hmm. ones where I'm just like, yeah. And I, I was caught off guard because I kind of thought it was going to be a more fun movie to watch, and it's, it's not that. But yeah. who cares? Yeah, it's got it's very much got like a schlocky grindhousey title, but it's nowhere near doesn't anywhere near play out like that. No. And I thought, um, I thought the, the other thing I, I would mention about it is I think they did a good job of casting the young guy that plays Sam Elliott in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was really uh, misleading about it, and I thought unrealistic, is they show him clean-shaven during World War II, and there's no way. You don't have a Sam Elliott mustache if you were clean-shaven as recently as the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could never possibly have shaved that upper lip in order to have that mustache. That's not how it works. Uh, he was on the last season of Justified, and he's clean-shaven in it, and it, it oh. weirded me out the entire time. I think I would turn that off. I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> it's like, nope. Uh, did you figure out anything you watched, Tony? Yeah, I got a couple things, so I'll run it through them pretty quickly. Um, Movie-wise, I don't really know um, specific movies. I watched, I grabbed the Blu-ray uh, release of um, a movie called Superstition which is an 80s kind of slasher, like supernatural slasher film. I've almost clicked buy on that multiple times on Amazon. Um, oh, yeah. My girlfriend is reminding me that we saw Brightburn. That's right. Thank you, baby. <laughs> um, so she's upstairs like, when are we going to fucking eat dinner? I'm hungry. We're, we're almost done. We're almost done. Uh, Brian says we're almost done, babe. Um so yeah, we went and saw Brightburn, which it's like it's funny because I really I wanted to see Avengers Endgame, I wanted to see John Wick three, and I wanted to see Brightburn, and we ended up opting to see Brightburn, even though that was the most recent of the three to come out. So I'm kind of like shit. I really still need to go see the other two, and I'm hoping that they stay in the theater long enough. Um, I really, honestly, I did not like Brightburn. I'm probably the only. I think Meredith and I are the only people who didn't really like it. Um, you're wrong. You obviously don't listen to the show. Uh, you don't like it either. We liked, uh, if I remember, speaking for you, Doug. I liked moments of it, but honestly, I feel like if you watch the trailer, you've seen the entire movie, so you don't need to waste your time to watch. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, you don't see the violence in the trailer, yeah. and the the violence was was exceptionally well done, but. Mm-hmm. You know, Meredith, watching it with her was an, an interesting dynamic for me because as a horror fan, I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's super gory. It's very violent. You know, it's 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 totally unabated. It's just like, this is how it is. Deal with it. And I respect that. But at the same time, and, I, and so often I've asked, I've begged movies to do that, to have that, that just lack of concern. For, for like the audience's sensitivities 
But the problem I had with how they did it in this movie is, you know, I don't, I don't, should I spoil? I don't want to spoiler or should I spoiler? I don't. You can spoil it because we spoiled it like two weeks ago. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I really did not like the fact that they basically promote the fact that he, he murders his parents. Every single person that he kills is a good person. And so that bothered us. Like she was like, I don't like this. I don't want to watch the rest of this movie. And luckily she sat and let me finish watching it, you know, but it's like, it got to the point where like, I think she was so like uncomfortable from the, the, the blatant violence against really good people that it's like, wow, this, this 12 year old kid is like the, the meanest motherfucker on earth. And he's 12 years old. And, and you know, and it's like, it's funny because I drew a really important comparison when I was talking about it to Jason, my special effects artist and good friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we all love Jason. I was like, cause he's thought, and he's like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but it's still really cool. Yada, yada. And I said, you know, it's funny. It's just funny because of the way that the way that our society is, if you put, if you make the alien being a 12 year old kid, instantly it's all terrible it's it's like oh my god this is terrible this kid is killing these innocent people but you make it a predator or you make it alien a xenomorph and it doesn't fucking matter because you don't identify it as a kid but us watching that movie it it made me uncomfortable and me being a horror fan and a horror director i appreciated the violence in it but i was just it it was almost kind of like how i felt about terrifier where it's like okay this is profuse like we don't need it to be this violent for the sake of being violent. And um, I had a problem with the fact that if if he was going after bad people, you know, like, and and then he got a taste for the violence and becomes evil. That's one thing. But the fact that he's just like, Nope, I'm just going to fuck everybody over. I just don't give a shit. I'm killing everybody. And I was just like, wow, this is, it, it just it was weird see a lot, a lot of what you're saying is what i liked about the movie sure I liked, I liked how dark it was sure i liked the fact that when i was in the theater i knew there were scenes that i was enjoying that other people weren't um you know um and maybe that's that's maybe a more of a character flaw in me than a discussion about the film but i was not at all i was literally like I, i'm just i love the idea that they didn't hold back on how dark it went i love when he I mean, we're into full spoiler territory. Uh, again, we accidentally spoiled it two weeks ago. So, but like when he finally kills the mom, and I'm just like, I found that scene heartbreaking because mostly because of how good an actress she is. But I'm like, I'm glad they went there. I'm glad they didn't hold back. And, well, and, and the dad. I mean, like dropping the mom was one thing, but for him to burn through his father's head. Yeah, like I, I was just like, God damn! And 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 Meredith said she's like, you know, if 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 he would have been like, imagine if he would have been a foster child, you know, like think of think of John Connor in in Terminator Two, where his parents are just shitty people, or or you think of like, um, you know, if if he would have been in like a a boy's home and you know he was being molested or abused or bullied it's like okay there's a little more justification there's a little more um swaying in the favor of the antagonist because it's like well do they really deserve to die no they don't but it's i'm okay with it because they were still shitty people you know there's a lot of people that i know that i would love to just have them die even though 
they're not, you know, I mean, they, they didn't kill somebody, so they don't deserve to die for killing somebody. They're just shitty people. So why not just get rid of them? Cause they're not, they're not contributing to the benefit of this planet. And it's like in, in this movie's case, I agree. I appreciate that they went there because I think more movies need to just go there. But at the same time, it was just like, wow, I just wasn't expecting it. And, you know, here's all these wonderful people, these parents that love him and try and steer him in the right direction is his aunt and uncle. You know, it's like every single person who was close to him in the movie, he basically killed the girl who who, who he thinks kind of likes him, who compliments him. He instantly starts fucking with. And it's like and then murders her mother and doesn't just murder. Her, he fucking cuts her open and fucking splays her out. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It was crazy. Again, again, all the, these are all compliments from my perspective. So like, I can understand why somebody would be bothered by them, but I just it's what I loved about the movie. Sure. My, only, my only complaint was that I wanted the movie to be half an hour longer, so we got to take the journey, make the journey a little slower from mm. kid to evil superhero. Sure. And, and I would like to see the parents. I would have loved to spend more time with those parents and watch them deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously they're, they're working on sequels. I mean, I know that they want to try and turn it into a James Gunn, you know, Marvel universe type of thing and, and more power to them. Um, hopefully, you know, they get at least one more out there, but, uh, I don't know. So, so that we, we went and saw that I'm still itching to go see John Wick three and I really want to see Avengers Endgame. as Um, you should for both of those. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, on the plane, to vegas i watched marvel girl because that was the only one that i hadn't seen yet and captain it was marvel or captain marvel not marvel girl sorry is she is that the same thing or no no okay because i remember when i had the pcx uh marvel game one of the characters you could play as was marvel girl that was gene gray's original name before oh so 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 it was so Marvel Girl, then there's Jean Grey, and then there's Phoenix. She's all three of those. Yes. Okay. See, and I'm I'm not a huge comic nerd. You know, I like Punisher, and that's about the extent of my comic book knowledge. But regardless, so I watched Captain Marvel, and first of all, I think whatever her name is, Brie Larson. Yeah. She's she's awesome. She's gorgeous, but. It's it's it was an okay movie. It, it was all right. I it was okay. Like I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I didn't really feel like there was the pro, the antagonists weren't really that terrifying to me. It was just it was it was very much so a a stepping stone in the Marvel universe to get us to Avengers Endgame. I feel yeah, that's how I felt. It was it felt more like a necessity than a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, but but it was you know it had its moments that I liked, and I I didn't like how her character was just so like comical about everything. It's like she was so sarcastic and so jokey about everything. It's like oh yeah, let's joke about this and let's joke about this and have a sarcastic remark about this. And it's like are you ever serious? You know, does anything ever literally rub you the wrong way? No, I guess not. Okay, cool. Well, I guess I can't blame you. You're a fucking fighter pilot. You're a gorgeous chick. And now you have every superpower under the sun. So why the hell wouldn't you be in a good mood? So I don't know. But I saw that. And then the only other things I want to mention that I was originally going to talk about before Meredith reminded me of Brightburn and I thought about Captain Marvel was on on Amazon, um, there's a couple of cool documentaries that i watched um there's one that i i started with called serious serial killers and it's like a six hour it's like somebody took i i'm noticing a lot on 
Amazon now that they are, it's like people are posting movies on there that are almost like compilations of other things. Like this serious serial killers is like a six hour movie documentary that is basically just like six or seven different like documentary hour long episodes pieced together, like edited together. And it runs through the gamut of all the most popular serial killers, but there's some cool interview footage and stuff that I've never seen before with like, I'm trying to think of who I, I, they had some stuff with Jeffrey Dahmer. They had some, some cool interview footage with John Wayne Gacy. They, they spent a good amount of time talking about the Boston strangler, which is a, 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 obviously a serial killer who a lot of people have heard the name, the Boston strangler, but not a lot of people I think have really done a lot of the research into um, um, that that whole case, you there know. Was a, uh, there was a really good uh, podcast documentary that they did on the Boston Strangler. Hmm. Uh, trying to remember what the name of it was, but it's like you know, twelve hours maybe of them covering it. It's interesting if you get a chance to listen to the podcast. Cool. Yeah. No, it's it was a cool show. It was, I mean, again, I I just kind of watched it over the course of a couple nights at work. I had on the background, and you know, they talk about like I said, probably the top the most quote unquote famous seven or eight serial killers, you know, Gacy, Bundy, Dahmer, Manson, Ed Gein, um, and then the Boston Strangler, BTK. So that was really interesting. And then there was another one that was kind of supplemental to that that I watched called New Age Cults, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Heaven's Gate is fucking batshit. It's actually it's actually bad shit that these people listen to this dumbass motherfucker talk about jumping on a comet and flying to the fucking another galaxy or whatever while wearing Nike tennis shoes. I, it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> um, but so that was really cool. It talks a lot about that stuff. It talks a lot about Scientology. And I'll tell you what, L. Ron Hubbard is another asshat <laughs> that should have been fucking knocked off the planet 30 years sooner. Mm-hmm. Um and then another really cool one that it wasn't a great documentary, but it was a it was a story that I want to say I remember hearing about years back, but but getting a little more of the details on it. It's called Unseen, and it's about a serial killer in I want to say it's a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, um, somewhere like that. And it's about this. It's it's a very low income neighborhood. And this, you know, everybody in the neighborhood, they start out talking about how, you know, drugs like crack and heroin are a real big problem in this area and in this neighborhood. And it it come, it basically culminates to there's this house where this guy was living in this house. And this house looks like it's fucking condemned, of course, because all these drug addicts just live in these houses and don't take care of them. And this guy basically lived in this house and would like you know, walk to and from the convenience store on the corner down the street from his house. And, you know, women would be like, you know, looking for a fix or he'd have a couple bottles of booze with him, a couple forties or whatever. And he'd be walking with them and they'd be like, Oh, where are you going with that? What are you doing? And he'd be like, Oh, well you can come back to my place with me and let's, let's get high. Let's get fucked up. And they would go and he would murder them. And he, he basically blamed it on being fucked up on, on crack. But it's like, you know, these women were talking about how 
um, you know, the one woman and a lot of them escaped. Like three of these women were with him and he like hit them and knocked them unconscious. But then they'd wake up later on and he like would let them go because he again, I think, had come down from being fucked up on the drugs. But like one woman, like at one point was like, I have to use the bathroom and walked down the hall and he was kind of following her and she's like naked and afraid and like walking down this hallway. She looks into one of the rooms that she passes and sees like a dead body of a woman, like cut up in this room behind like this hanging, like tarping, you know, like plastic or something. And she's like, did I really just see that? Am I just fucked up? Like, and I was just so scared because he's right behind me and I don't know if he's going to hit me or if he's going to kill me. And you know, it, it was really, it was really uh, intriguing and just uh, crazy. It was a, it was a really interesting documentary. Um, I think he had, they had, they found like thirteen bodies buried under the house and in the backyard. And so, you know, that's that's kind of what I've been doing is subjecting myself to all the horrors of the reality. Of- well, it, if you want another one that sounds vaguely similar to that, to the point that I was checking see if it was talking about the same story which it's not uh there's one called tales of the grim sleeper tales of the grim sleeper on amazon uh it's on prime yeah and uh yeah this this dude who killed a bunch of women in his house and police basically did nothing about it forever really and so yeah they go and talk to the people in the neighborhood and they kind of put the whole story together and stuff it's pretty fascinating Mm, crazy yeah i'm gonna have to check that out i just saved it to my uh to my watch list so. so it sounds like you get pretty depressed watching all these ones though i mean i really don't i find it intriguing um i you know to me it's the the real life stuff is very um it's it's very captivating because it's like how is it that these people are capable of doing these things um but you know it is what it is. Um, so that's what I watched. That's right. what I watched, and I'm getting uh, yelled at. So I need to get going pretty soon. I'm not getting yelled at, but she's hungry. All right, hold on. Uh, uh, lightning round, real quick. I had a coworker come over because he hadn't seen some of these movies, so we watched them. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, still fantastic. Uh, on a multiple time watch. Uh, I showed him the Monster Squad, which he never saw. Woo! He I can't believe you're friends with somebody who's never seen that. To be fair, he's only 26. Fucking uh, kids. Uh, and I showed him Black Dynamite because Black Dynamite's awesome. And he absolutely loved it. Um, Did you then feed him candy and lead him into your basement for. <laughs> <laughs> no. Creepy. I'm not the bike guy from Different Strokes. Come on. Um, or the Grim Sleeper, or the Grim Sleeper, and uh, sort of jumping off of your uh, weird uh, documentary watch, uh, watched uh, Paradise Lost three wrapping up the series. Yeah, and holy fuck! Like I knew how it ended up. I knew that at the end they end up getting out in some weird finagled agreement. Yeah. But all the shit leading up to it, it's just like, what the fucking hell? 
I like I like the part where the innocent people only get a jail because the people who put innocent people in jail get promoted, and so they're no longer in charge of deciding whether they made their own mistakes or not. Yeah, pretty much. It's like literally, it's like oh, that judge he's he's at a higher court now, so he's no longer in charge of this case. So because he's been keeping innocent people in jail forever, he gets promoted, and now somebody else can come in and let them out. I just love the one kid's dad. The one kid's like stepdad who was all weird. And oh. shit. That dude was funny. Well, the first two, we were like, this guy, this son of a bitch. God damn it. This guy's fucking nuts. And then we were getting to the third one. Like, oh, we're going to have to watch this guy again. And then it's so weird. He did a complete 180. Yeah. And was like, oh, they're innocent. They need to be let out. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you were burning fake graves on the last documentary. Uh, that guy's it? fucking crazy. Yeah, um, and that's—I mean—that's the thing, is man. When you have that many crazy people in one story, you're just like, "What the fuck is going on in this little town?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it was interesting. It was uh, a good way to wrap it up. But I mean, I just had those sad moments where was a Damien talking to him through the glass, and he's just like, "Look, these people would have killed me and just slid everything under the rug if it wasn't for you guys." Like over the past like 15 years. Yeah, it's just like fucked up to think about shit like that. It's so weird, and you got to wonder how many people are rotten in prison or have been put to death or whatever just because there was no documentary about why they shouldn't be in there. Yeah, well, it's, it's so fucked up. Yeah, America. The whole story, beginning to end, is just insane. Yeah, like, and by the way, whoever killed those kids is still just wandering around. Yeah. Nobody yeah. bothered to go find the real guy. Yeah, and they'll never, like, they've considered the case closed since technically they all pled guilty, so like, it'll yeah. never be found. Nobody cares anymore. I need to watch that last one I haven't seen. I watched the first two. I didn't know there was a third. Oh, yeah. Did you even know they got out? Uh, I want to say I remember hearing about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just the details. It's just, it's fucked. Yeah, I'll have to watch how, how and why. And apparently there's another Peter Jackson produced documentary called West of Memphis. Yeah. Uh, that sort of came out around the same time this one did and was covering sort of the same subject. But we watched the trailer and they actually talked to a lot of people involved with the case overall that they don't talk to in the third one. So I'm going to have to rent that and watch that at some point. Uh, the only other thing I watched, we went and saw Dark Phoenix. And it was god awful terrible. Yeah, as bad as people are saying, it's pretty bad. Um, I was telling Amanda after we left, I'm like, this could have been the the uh, Avengers Endgame of the X Men movies if they would have treated it right. And of course, they didn't. And they also decided after Apocalypse, since Apocalypse was such a big story, that we need to shrink it down and tell a smaller story. And I'm yeah. like, Dark Phoenix is not the story you shut down. <laughs> yeah, like do something else then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. it just it could have been this big epic like cosmic movie. You technically probably could have brought back like a lot of people from the franchise that you haven't seen in a while. And yeah, they just nothing. Giant wet fart. It was horrible. And it's the last one, which makes it even sadder. Yeah, I I don't even know if I'll ever see it. You know. wouldn't be missing anything. It's it's one of those weird things where it's like, when the first X Men came out, I loved it, and I still think it holds up as a decent movie. I watched it a couple of years ago, and I'm like, yeah, it's all right. 
and you know there have been like logan is an outstanding movie first class is a really good movie days of future past is a pretty good movie and then they've just shit the bed so many times in between where you're just mm-hmm. like what what happened like, i don't yeah. get it and it, you can tell like because like, i think this is actually written and directed by the same guy that wrote the first time they did the what last stand yeah and you're like well why would you get the same guy to write the same story again and think he's going to make it a whole lot better like, it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. it's just somewhere up the chain there's people just not giving a shit it's like we were talking about earlier with the friday the 13th series where they you know it doesn't matter if they make money or not paramount's not interested in them and it feels like fox wasn't interested in making good x-men movies they, just, they didn't believe they could make good superhero movies i guess Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I wouldn't like Quicksilver doesn't even get his typical uh, uh, moment to shine in this movie like he has in the last two. Oh, that's good. So it's just it's disappointing. Why would, you want, why would you want to give him his moment to shine when you know everybody has loved that for the last couple of movies? Yeah. Whatever. Fuck moviegoers. We'll see. Five years from now, we'll find some new. I will be introduced to some new X Men, and we'll see what how, how that goes. <laughs> it just it, X Men, the whole franchise, just overall, just feels like a missed opportunity. It's just they got so close to making a great series of films, and they just never quite were able to pull mm. it off. Yeah, yeah, and I, I didn't mind the original couple with like Hugh Jackman because yeah. and Famica Jansen because like to me. Those were back, like, that's right when they were starting to be, to realize the potential of superhero movies. So I I enjoyed how they were starting to build the universe with the X-Men because there's so many different types of characters to work with. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like they've taken such a back seat to all the other Marvel superhero movies that it's really kind of unfortunate because they're just not getting the same kind of love that these other franchises are getting. Um, yeah, that's Fox's fault, though. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Fox. Fucking Fox slash now Disney. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Doug, so have you decided what we're watching for the next episode? Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, because of how upset Noah got last time we watched prison movies, mm-hmm. I thought we would do uh, Cool Hand Luke and Midnight Express. Because my, underst- my understanding is Noah's not going to like those movies and fuck him for not being here this week. <laughs> we should we should just let the listeners know Noah is just such a such a sports fan that with the NHL finals and the NBA finals happening at the same time, he just couldn't be bothered to watch the movies for this week, and that's why he's not here. No, really? Like, I mean, no. <laughs> there's not like another oh, three and a half hours in your in your week to well watch your no. movies. No, Noah, Noah fucking hates sports. <laughs> oh. I, was, I, was, uh, I wanted I was that on the say, record so bad, though. I was <laughs> gonna say Brian's friends with somebody who likes sports. Uh, not not very many. Just you, <laughs> and well, that's about well, it. And I mean, I don't even. I mean, I haven't. I can't even tell you the last time I watched a fucking. Sport. I, I guess I watched a couple Bears games last season because they were actually playing pretty well. Yeah, I'm a Fairweather fan. Fucking deal with it, people. <laughs> Jesus. Why watch a shitty team? If they don't give a fuck, they're getting paid millions of dollars. If they don't give a fuck, why should I? 
Now, Doug, do you know, is there prison rape in these movies? Because you know Noah will only watch it if there is prison rape in it. I do not know for sure, but I am hoping there's some prison rape. Um, I don't think there is in Cool Hand Luke. I've never seen no. it Express. Yeah, I, I don't think Cool Hand Luke has prison rape, but it does have a guy eating like 60 eggs at once or something. Mm. So hopefully, that, hopefully that'll upset Noah. <laughs> we did two prison <laughs> movies before, and both of them had prison rape in them. And Noah was very upset. Well, especially like was uh, Scum really upset Noah? He was like, he, he was almost like screaming at me for making him watch it. I'm like, it's at one point Brian in the middle of our podcast is like, no, you know it's fake, right? The kid like this, the guy really didn't really, get rape. Like it's, it's it's a movie. That's yeah. So I'm sure he'll be happy. More prison movies. Yeah, that's funny. So Tony, you want to pimp your uh, your wares once again, where people can find you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people can go to scottsworthy.com and pick up anything there. They can find some information out about our movies, check out trailers and whatnot. I don't know. I haven't really updated my website in a little while, so I don't know what's on there and what isn't. Um, I, I'm on Facebook as Tony Wash, like wash your hands, because God damn it, everybody says Walsh or Warsh. Um <laughs> And uh, Scotchworthy is on Facebook. Skeletons in the Closets on Facebook. High on the Hogs on Facebook. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm Scotchworthy. Uh, we also have World of Death on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, so find me on those. I try and post every Monday through Friday. Um, you know, behind the scenes photos from our movies and shit like that. So uh, people seem to think I have a pretty fun social media presence. I don't know. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, otherwise uh, you can check out World of Death on Blade Disgusting's YouTube channel. Um, go there and subscribe, and every month there's a new episode with a couple new short films from around the world. Um, otherwise, thanks for having me on the show. I always like talking to you guys. Always, Tony. Yeah, Next time you come back, if you come back again, we'll try not to bring up Charles Band. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> You can do that. You just got to have Amanda like make me some tortellini soup or send me a monkey bread in the mail like FedEx and then I can eat it while we're talking about Charles Band and I'll be okay. Like, Tony, you want to be on next week's show? What are the two movies? Subspecies and Doll Man versus Demonic Toy. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Goodnight.